3: the Super Bowl reaction pod you didn't know you needed and that you didn't know you were getting which also includes lots of NBA trade talk Hawks, Lakers Trey Young we're going to get into all that as well as some serious issues that I have with some of Chris Haynes' recent wardrobe choices stay tuned because all that's next right here only on This League Uncut. Uncut Welcome to This League Uncut. In the world of
2: 24-hour NBA news, this news, you lose. Chris Haynes, it's go time. Mark Stein, it's show time. boom shakalaka. This League Uncut is underway and on fire.
3: This should be a good one. Everyone... This league, uncut, Mark Stein, here with Chris Haynes. I wish you could see this, America. Chris Haynes is still wearing Chiefs gear.
4: There's a reason for that. And he
3: is really, this is the foremost, most divisive wedge that he has ever brought into our relationship I don't even want to talk about the Super Bowl. I didn't anticipate that we would be doing so, but Chris Haynes is forcing the issue. So before we get to trade deadline reaction, where the NBA season goes from here, Chris Haynes, why are you, why have you landed on the Chiefs bandwagon? Did the Chiefs really need another fan? a Fresno born Bay area based fan. Do they really need you wearing their gear? Why is my son telling me, Hey dad, did you see that Chris posted on Instagram? He's wearing a Kelsey Jersey. What the hell is going (laughs) on around here? Why? Why
4: Um, explain yourself? I'm glad you asked. I'm very glad you asked. You know, it's really simple. I have nothing against Niner fans. Um, I just found a lot of them really obnoxious. And let me give you the short story of why I chose to root for the Kansas City Chiefs. I have a real tight group of neighbors. It's about six different houses, and we're just tight on this block. You know, I live in Sacramento. And most of them, 90% of them are Niner fans. And we do everything together on this block, Stein. I mean, we, we we do potlucks here. We play basketball together here. Real tight group, about 20 of us, right? So the NFC Championship game, one of our neighbors decided to have a Niners fan-only party and didn't invite some of us to this party. We were not invited. The only way we were invited, if we were to wear Niner gear. That was the only way we were were to be invited. I didn't take too kindly of that, Stein. I didn't go. I'm like, hell no, you ain't going to force me to go pick somebody else just to show up in your house. Hell no. So one of our other neighbors hosted the Super Bowl party, and he was like, everybody is invited. Anybody can come regardless. So I made sure. The day before the Super Bowl party, went to Dick Sporting Good, and I'm in Sacramento. It is very hard to find anything Kansas City related. I found a Kelsey jersey slash shirt, bought it for $50, and I showed up at the Super Bowl party when the Niners were up 10-0. And I came back and shifted the momentum. And then when you saw what happened. Kansas City Chiefs came back won that thing. And Stein, the way they won it too. The last second. Like they I was I'm in I'm in, I'm in Niner territory in this house. They're going crazy. They're thinking they're about to win the Super Bowl. And the way Mahomes just snatched victory away from defeat like that and brought it home and I posted the video of that moment here while me, I was in Niner land at this house, and I went off on my neighbor who didn't invite us to the NFC championship party. So in a long story short, Stein, that's why I'm wearing this Kansas City Chiefs jersey slash shirt today. I went to the gym this morning because there's a bunch of Niner fans that, that, that I play basketball with this morning. You know what? I wore that shirt, and you know what, Stein? They didn't show up. They didn't show up. So I'll be wearing the shirt again tomorrow morning because they're going to see this. I'm going to get all my use from buying this shirt. There you have it.
3: All right. So first of all, let me correct myself. Bay Area based is poor terminology for me. You are Sacramento based. You are 916 based. So it's,
4: that's, it's, it's, it's Niner territory. So it's Niner territory. That, let's, let's clarify that. Uh,
3: point two tomorrow's tweets today i can already see it tuesday when this episode drops i'm waiting for the aggregation from the dunk central haynes takes credit for chiefs overtime rally haynes not
4: mahomes
3: propels chiefs to second straight super bowl title
4: and you know what that would be accurate Again, I wasn't, I, I showed up at the Super Bowl party late because my daughter had a volleyball tournament. And those things last from morning till 4.30, 5.30. So I I got home and the Niners were up 10-0. And I'm dreading, Stein. I'm dreading going to this Super Bowl party. I'm like, man, hell no. They up 10-0. Yeah, I'm already feeling some type of way about them not inviting us to the NFC party. But you know what? I showed up anyway. And when I showed up. The Chiefs showed up, and they showed out, and the rest is history.
3: I assume you watched the NFL as a as a young lad
4: in Fresno. What was your favorite team as a kid? You know what, and, and the reason I can do this flip flopping, I don't have an NFL team. I don't. I root for players. I don't have an NFL team. Um, so- but growing up, growing up, my favorite player was Jerry Rice. Then it was Terrell Owens, um, and and that was it. Those were my two favorite players growing up. Well, look,
3: I'm already dreading, you know, this is a Buffalo Bills household. And so my ability to stomach anything about the Chiefs is pretty much extinguished. To complicate my own personal situation further, Patrick Mahomes is a Mavericks fan. Patrick Mahomes and Luka are super tight. So I know that I am mere weeks, maybe even mere days away from Mahomes showing up to a Mavericks game triumphantly, being courtside, hugging Luca. I'm gonna have to watch them walk down the hallway together, and it's gonna be it's going to be incredibly painful. I will say this though. The only thing, and we're gonna end the NFL talk and move on to the matters that we are more qualified to discuss. But the Chiefs, this much I know, you can't win three Super Bowls in a row. So The Buffalo Bills are the favorites to win the 2025 Super Bowl based on the exclusive handicapping of this league uncut. You heard it here first, right now. Mm -hmm. Bills beat the Lions in Super Bowl 59. Two incredibly long-suffering franchises. And the Bills are finally going to have their moment. The coronation of Josh Allen. And the lifting of a curse as painful and as long as what LeBron James did for the Cavs in 2016. That is coming in February of 2025.
0: So just,
4: mm. there you go. Well, hold on. Since you're going that far, who's going to, who's going to, um, who's going to be the Super Bowl um, performer? Halftime performance. Oh, I, come Since on. You're
3: I don't, going this I, far. I don't, I don't have that. Go, I don't stop, have that. Go ahead. I don't have that kind of <laughs> intel. Were you Were you happy with the Usher performance that oh, had, that had everybody going nuts?
4: 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. He killed it. I mean, it, it's one of those performances where it's like if you got your woman by your side, your wife or your significant other, you got to let her just let her have it. Let Let her dream, let her have it. Usher takes everybody's woman for that 10, 15 minutes of time that he's performing. And that's why I didn't let my wife go to his performance in Vegas when he had the uh, when he had to stay there, but yeah, he killed it. he absolutely destroyed it.
3: so that might make it tough on them. I mean, who wants to follow that? I mean, that's a tough act to follow, apparently
4: you know you know what it's always a tough act to follow, but you know what if you're a competitor, you go for it. <laughs> Period. You're a competitor, you go for it. I was talking to my, my daughter, Stein, volleyball. She had the volleyball tournament. They went 2 and 2 yesterday. And me, I don't hide my frustration or my disdain for a lack of performance or a lack of hustle. So she sees it. Her ankle is bothering her. She puts an ankle brace on in the second game, and it's bothering her. You can see it in her face. And I pulled her to the side during one of the timeouts. I said, Believe it or not, nobody cares if your ankle is hurt. I said, you're either playing or you're not. That's it. If you're too hurt, sit down. Daddy will understand. But if you're in there, I don't. you can't let them know that you're hurt. You got to go have a poker face. Nobody cares. It's one of those things. They don't care. All they're going to do, because she was playing against a high school teammate as well. This is club volleyball here. So I said, listen, you got that. That's your high school teammate right there. If she beats you, she's going to talk. She's going to talk. She don't care if you heard or not. She's going to talk. So you better get it. My daughter went and got it. So if you're a competitor, Stein, it don't matter. Usher followed, Prince followed, Michael Jackson, the Beatles. You go out there. If they call me to, pre- if they call me and want us to come do our podcast, this league uncut for the Super Bowl halftime show. That's what we're doing, Stein. I don't care if Prince was there last year. We're doing it. Me and you, we're I there. I don't think
3: we're going to get that invite, but I have to say, remember when you late last year, you issued the mandate that producer Ryan Music must now keep his camera on so we can yes. see him during the recording of these podcasts. We haven't said a word about the NBA yet. I have never seen him so happy. Like he is enjoying right. this NFL coverage and these life lessons far more than anything we say about the NBA. So I'm a little bit worried Because I've never seen him this dialed into what we're talking about.
4: Stein Ryan is from the Colin Cowherd tree. He's 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 from the branch, the tree of Cowherd. That's NFL talk. Yeah, they don't even like
3: the NBA. I asked him. (laughs) I asked him before we came on how much NBA was on today's show. I knew the answer was absolutely zero. Maybe in April they'll start paying attention to the NBA. All right, we've talked about enough extracurricular activities. Let's talk about the NBA because. Before we get into some of the trade deadline minutia, I have to say, I have to get this off my chest. And our good friend, Bill Simmons said it. I've seen other people say it, talking about how last week was the trade deadline. It was a dud, there was nothing. People, come on, man, listen, okay? We're gonna, we're gonna go through this one last time. There were six trades in the NBA Before last week. During the season. James Harden was traded on Halloween. OG Ananobi was traded on December 30th. Pascal Siakam. Like James Harden. A former All-Star. And a former All-NBA selection. He was traded in mid-January. Right before the season. Damian Lillard was traded from Portland to Milwaukee. A trade gets no larger than that. And Drew Holiday himself a former all-star who was in the trade that got Damian Lillard from Portland to Milwaukee. Portland turned right around and traded Drew Holiday to Boston. And then on deadline day, okay, the Atlanta Hawks kept DeJounte Murray. That doesn't mean that it was a dud. We still got 15 trades on deadline day. And okay, no all-stars moved, but Probably that's because we had multiple current and former All-Stars moving in trades before deadline day. And I would say on deadline day, we still had plenty of suspense and action. The Knicks made very significant moves by bringing in Bojan Bogdanovic and Alec Burks. The Oklahoma City Thunder gave you a surprise trade. When people say, oh, teams are just doing this for tax reasons and luxury tax reasons. Gordon Hayward and his $31.5 million contract was unexpectedly traded on deadline day. Oklahoma City acquires Gordon Hayward, and then after the deadline, they bring in Bismack Biombo to address the size issues. Dallas couldn't have been much more aggressive. Dallas woke up Thursday with one first-round pick to trade. They went out and got another first-round pick to trade and traded them both. So we did see... Action And surprises. It wasn't just little salary dumps and moves to reduce luxury tax bills. There was significant trade action on deadline day. And I just say that because I just think we're getting spoiled. Like you're not going to have blockbuster trades at every single turn. No league can just have infinite huge trades. The previous two deadlines, former MVPs got traded James Harden in 2022, both Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook in 2023. I say all this just to kind of put a bow on this. I don't think fans of the transaction game have been cheated. I think they've gotten plenty of action over the past five, six months. And, you know, you can tell me now you agree, you disagree, but. Just because Atlanta said, you know what, we're not trading Dejounte Murray, to me, did not make the trade deadline a non-event.
4: Well, I mean, Stein, don't hold back. Let's know how you really feel. You don't get that from Stein too often, so I I, I relish it. I wasn't expecting that, Stein. I mean, was 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 this Twitter? Was this Twitter that was? um, I think it's everywhere. No, like I I mean, I
3: I think it's everywhere. Like I said, every you know, every time I dial into a podcast, it's. The trade deadline was, it was a dud. Oh, okay. The trade deadline. All right. A, I mean, again, like, like, again, you're not going to get all stars moving in every single transaction cycle. And like I said, I think you have, if you, you don't just judge the deadline by deadline day. You have mm-hmm. to say, you know, Pascal Siakam was traded on January 17th. That's, you know, three-ish weeks before the deadline, but that is still part of the deadline.
4: I agree. I agree. I mean, the Knicks don't, you know, they don't feel like they had a dud of a deadline. And No, I mean, I, look, I think well. the Knicks,
3: I mean, to bring in Ananobi and Boyan Bogdanovich uh, and Alec Burks yeah. and to do so without giving up a first is, it's not just activity, it's impressive activity.
4: They didn't give up a first or anybody from their, um, their core rotation. You know, they, they just, you know, they, they got better. They definitely got better, increasingly better. Dallas Mavericks, it was one thing. I knew, well, signs were pointing to the Mavericks making a move anyway because you've been reporting for so long how they needed a forward, going after a forward, a big man, or whatever. Um, so I had the last game before the trade deadline that I had was the Dallas Mavericks and the Brooklyn Nets. And I initially had the Dallas Mavericks against the Knicks game on Thursday night, but I got pulled off of that so I could focus on – Just trade stuff because I was doing TV from 2 p.m. to 8 o'clock that day. But I bring that up to say that Jason Kidd told me on Tuesday that he was not going to have shoot around on Thursday because if a trade goes down after that shoot around, he said players would have been all in their heads. They would have forgot everything that they were trying to tell them about the game that morning. And so he didn't want to have the distraction of having a shoot around, then having a couple players move, and then the team just being out of sorts mentally and not being prepared for that New York Knicks game. So once he told me he was going to cancel shoot around, I was like, oh yeah. Something is going down. Something's going And I and I was, I knew it was going to be Grant. I knew it was going to be Grant. Uh, So that that part wasn't a surprise. They made two moves. Um, So that, you know, I I didn't see that other one coming. But, you know, definitely Dallas, New York, definitely the winners. More so for me, New York, definitely the winners of that trade deadline. And, again, if you add in what they did a few weeks prior and pulling in OG, you know, come on. That was a – it was pretty good to me.
0: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: I'm so glad, actually, you brought up that TV assignment, because what happens... Soon after the deadline, just a few hours after the NBA trade deadline passes, TNT's inside the NBA, the most celebrated studio show in sports history. Who do they turn to for their trade deadline analysis? Our very own Chris Haynes, star of this league uncut. And there's the Chuckster, Shaq, Kenny, the venerable Ernie Johnson. Except Chris Haynes was in some sort of dungeon room at the Bleacher Report New York offices. And it was great to hear the guys giving Mr. Haynes a hard time about the very, man, I don't even know what the right word is, the very understated setup that Chris Haynes was in as he delivered his post-trade deadline analysis.
1: Chris Haynes, who is joining us tonight from New York. Chris. Uh, Where's it, In a dungeon somewhere? No, he's not <laughs> in a dungeon. He's in a studio somewhere. That is not a studio. That's a That's a studio. dungeon, hey, man. Tell him you're in a studio, will you? <laughs> I got one cement wall. And Come one, on, man. <laughs> one cement wall and one other. Come on, Chris. You're in New York City, uh, man. Would <laughs> you find out that Chris? CheapAssStudios.com. Hey, Haynes. I, 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 Haynes, I, I, you're in a I, studio, I, right? Yeah, you no, know, he's I not, in he's BR in his closet. Plus
4: studio here in New York. Yes, I'm he studio. Here to greet there you go.
0: I think you mean BS, <laughs> but <no>. <laughs>
4: <laughs> So, for context, for background, I was in New York. I was at the new BR Bleacher Report studio. First time I was there. You know, I don't get to New York often, so first time I was there. And, uh, I mean, it's a cool studio. I mean, the 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 back the backdrop. Uh, it was two walls in the back. One was like a wooden, it was a wooden type of decoration. And then the on the right side of it, I believe it was like just concrete. So in the so in the shot, you see wood on one side, concrete on the other side. It makes it it makes it really look like I am in some dungeon. So I didn't even think about that, before, you know, until Chuck said something like that. And then when he says something, I look behind me. I'm like, I guess if, that's, if this is all you see, I guess. Because <laughs> everything around me in the front is nice, like a pl- nice plush studio. But this backdrop that I was using, I was like, okay, well, I, yeah, I guess I could see why they would, would say such a thing. I, I don't know, you know.
3: Now that show is truly, it's amazing how fast. You never know. Of, yeah. it's, it's amazing how fast the viewers tweet in the memes and like they get them on the air so quickly and you and i have both been on a zillion tv shows in our life and like i don't know how they react so quick but their staff is truly amazing how fast the best because the guy but some somebody tweeted that picture of you with the video of a guy throwing a ball against a wall in a jail cell (laughs) and they had that thing on air in seconds Uh,
4: yeah Yeah, that's what one of the staff is the best you know, one of the best in the country, but now nah, it, it's it's all well. You never—that's that's the thing about it. Like they will tell you, okay, you're going on, you're talking with Ernie and Chuck and them, and they'll go over like some topics that we might, you know, want to discuss. The problem is with especially Chuck and Shaq, you don't know which direction they're going in. You know what I mean? Like you, you have no clue. We could have a plan set up, but nine times out of ten. They're going to derail that play and, and go into their own zone. So uh, that's that's what makes it the, their show so much magic, man. It's the it's spontaneity. <laughs> Hold on, it's the uh, <laughs> let me make sure I say that. It's the uh, spont, you know. Let me skip spontaneity. <laughs> the spontaneity there you go oh, man. you know what i was going no look time. man
3: you know i haven't seen those guys in a long time and one of the that it's one of the highlight like i am as i mentioned i think on the last pod we did or one of the one of the most recent pods we did i finally have secured my plane ticket and hotel room for indianapolis so i will be meeting you there of course you'll be you know yes. you'll be floor level The Panini Future Stars game.
4: Here we go again.
3: All-Star Saturday night. All-Star game. You know, I'll need binoculars to see the court from where I am, but at least I will be in Indianapolis. (laughs) There are rumors. There are rumblings. There are sourced whispers that Stein and Haynes might be getting together for some sort of special edition of this league uncut. Maybe even with an audience more. We will reveal more on that when we know it's going to happen for sure. But we are working feverishly behind the scenes to make some sort of live Indianapolis edition of this league uncut happen. And I am fairly confident that it will happen. So you and I will be in the same place, at least for that. I hope I see you more than that, but I know at least, at least we're going to get together at least once but truly, one of the things I look forward to most about a trip to All-Star Weekend is seeing the Chuckster, seeing Shaq, who I covered as a beat writer in L.A. with the Lakers. I only covered Shaq one year, but it was the, it was the first year of Shaq and Kobe, and that was a huge, huge, pivotal season for me, and both Shaq and Kobe always made time for me after that, just having been the beat writer with those guys for one season, it was hugely important for me. So, I mean, seeing them all seeing, seeing Ernie, Kenny, Shack, Charles together, that is always one of the highlights of an all-star weekend. So I'm definitely nah, looking, it's... definitely looking forward to with, uh, with any luck crossing paths with them too.
4: Are you coming to any of the events? Are you coming to any of the parties with me, Stein? Are, are you doing anything? Are you stepping out of your, zombie solo self (laughs) and going out and joining everyone else um i have
3: i did rsvp to one brunch now whether i actually attend it we'll see is is that is that on sunday that's on sunday but you know like i said like i said said, you know i know well, first Sunday, we gotta make our thing happen first. That is my Sunday yeah, priority.
4: Yeah. We gotta do that. So, then, so yes. that's
3: all I'm really thinking about. Uh Thursday, I've already turned down a couple things. It's just not I'm, I'm just you? I, I just I don't know, man. It's just
4: it's not I don't know.
3: It's just not me.
4: Look at you turning down. Where are you? Where
3: are you going? You're let me guess. You're going to the clutch party.
4: The clutch, the clutch party is should I say what day it is? But yes, I'll, I'll be I'll make an appearance there. For sure.
3: I don't even get inv- I don't even get invited to that party. So I I would have to go as your plus one to get in there. Oh,
4: please. Um, <laughs> I, 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 the, the brunch that you mentioned, I'll uh we gotta make our that's around the time where we have our pod uh, timing set up. So um after that, maybe we can do you know hit that up. Um I'm not turning down Stein. <laughs> I'm just not replying to those that I am not going to turn them down Is such a style? I mean, there's a better way. There's a more delicate. I'm way not to even, do tr- it. you know
3: just what? I don't, I, I should don't show up. I shouldn't even say turning down. Cause I haven't been, I've barely been invited to anything. I, I, I think people, I, you know, I don't really get invited to that much stuff. I have been invited to the NBA tech summit on Friday morning. I do hope to attend that at least some of that, um, but that's not, you know, that I know that doesn't really excite you. You're you're more interested in the nighttime activities. And like I said, I have no,
4: no, star I've grown. I've grown. That's not not necessarily true. But check check this out. There is a party that you can come with me Saturday night. The TNT wrap up party. You can be you can be my guest for that, and you'll have all your favorite. You know what, Ernie, Chuck, you know what? Shaq. All I've of them never will be
3: there. I've never been to one of those. Okay, I might actually. To be your guest of honor, that might, that might do it.
4: All right. But just don't just don't turn me down. If you're not going to come, just don't come. Don't tell me uh, you got better things to do. I'm like, what better thing you got to do on Saturday night than to come to the TNT wrap-up party featuring your guy, Chris Haynes, Sha- um, Shaq, Chuck, Ernie, EJ, and the rest of the TNT crew. Come on, star.
3: Well, I can also, I'm also quite excited to report that I have two reservations at St. Elmo already in the books and fingers crossed that I get drafted into someone else's reservation so I'm, I'm the over under is how many times I eat at St. Elmo's the over under is three, is three.
4: <laughs> you're going to be there for three days huh? <laughs> you, no I'm you, there for I'm there, for
3: I'm there Thursday through Monday so I mean I, I you know I okay so Thursday Friday two, uh, Friday, two okay. are already in the books and we'll see if there we'll see if there's a third
4: that's a lot of Elmo's
0: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: All right, before we go, we've talked we've talked about social matters far too much in this show. I would like to hear from you. You know, again, there were 15 trades on deadline day, but so much of the focus was Atlanta did not trade DeJounte Murray. The Lakers did not make a trade. Today on my Substack, I wrote a long piece about how there seems to be a rising belief around the league that Atlanta is going to at least consider the prospect of keeping DeJounte Murray and entertaining trade pitches for Trey young after the season. I think obviously that will depend on how the rest of this season goes. Entering Monday night's play Atlanta was 24 and 29 in the 10th spot. The Hawks should be able to secure a play in berth at worst, because I don't really think any of the teams chasing the top 10, you know, the Brooklyn nets really have been going in the other direction, the wrong direction since early in the season. So, I mean, the Hawks are going to finish somewhere between seven and 10, most likely in the East. And how this season wraps up will certainly factor in to some degree. But around the league, there is a belief in some rival front offices that the Hawks might finally be ready to listen to Trey Young trade pitches after the season. So just give me kind of your take on the Hawks and the Lakers, since I know you were tracking those teams pretty closely as the deadline was winding down?
4: Yeah, well, I reported on TNT that um, the Lakers plan to go after a big star. I didn't name names. I didn't want to do that at the time. I didn't want to name names. But they plan on going after a big star in the offseason. Well, they'll, they'll be equipped with three first-round picks. And they believe that there will be players this coming up offseason that will request a trade. And they feel like they will be in play. Um, as it pertains to Trey Young, yes, Trey has been linked to the Lakers for quite some time now. And so I don't know if it I don't know if his situation will be a matter of him requesting a trade or Atlanta choosing to go in a different direction. But whatever the case may be, yes, we we've heard that I can I can echo um, you know, what you're hearing, you know, that's how, that's how people within the league view where the Hawks are headed and could possibly go down that road where they feel like they probably need to shake things up. And if, you know, that's that, And if you, if they make that move, that's shaking things up with your cornerstone cornerstone player. Um, you know, again, this is a new regime out there um, in the front office with the Atlanta Hawks, Landry Field. So, does he want to – or, or does ownership want to equip him with the opportunity to bring on his personnel, his group of players to try to build his way? I, I don't know, but it's things are getting definitely interesting in Atlanta. So, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how, to, how everything unfolds towards the end of the season.
3: Well, a couple points there. First on the Lakers – You know, there was great anticipation leading up to the deadline. What would the Lakers do? And I think they actually made the right call. They only had one first-round pick they could have moved at the deadline. By not making a trade, once draft night hits, the Lakers will have access to three first-round picks they can trade. In addition to the 2029 first that they could have parted with at the deadline, they will also have access to to a 2031 first that can be moved. And then either either a first in this draft in June or in 2025, it's up to New Orleans to decide when it wants to take the one first rounder that remains to complete the obligations from the original Anthony Davis trade. But yes, the Lakers, as of June 26th, will suddenly have three draft picks that they can put into deals. And I think it's important for them to wait, not just because were they really going to be able to acquire a certain difference maker at this deadline? I think that weighed on them heavily. If you give up what you have to give up to get DeJounte Murray, are the Lakers really any closer to title contention? But something that has to factor in to their calculations here. LeBron James has a player option for next season, and the Lakers don't know yet if LeBron is exercising that player option. I think we expect him to. I think the lead-wide expectation is that he will exercise the option, but the Lakers didn't know that as of February 8th, and it's something they might not know until June, and if Bronny James puts his name in the 2024 draft and if Bronny James is drafted by a team that suddenly LeBron says, you know what? I want to go to team X because they've drafted Bronny and I'll sign there for way less than 54 million. That is a scenario that the Lakers do have to keep in mind, keeping their thoughts in case they suddenly have to pivot and fill a LeBron sized hole on their roster. And if they do end up in that position, they're obviously going to be thankful that they have, three firsts to work with instead of just two. But from the Atlanta perspective, I think the reason that Trey Young's name is coming up more and more in terms of buzz around the league and rival teams trying to project what Atlanta might do is because for the first time that I can remember, there really does seem to be a market forming for Trey Young where you could see San Antonio if any team mm-hmm. makes sense for Trey Young mm-hmm. that is the one Trey Young's I offensive agree. gifts there is no question about what he can do offensively the guy's averaging 27 and 10 he is an offense unto himself but if you wanted to pair him with someone who could cover his defensive I agree. deficiencies Victor Weminyama would be as ideal uh, tag team partner for Trey Young as you could come up with. And I think you could say the same about Anthony Davis. So the Spurs and the Lakers are two teams that would naturally have interest in Trey Young if he's made available. And so I think that is why this is becoming more of a topic.
4: Okay, I agree with you on that. And before we dip out of here, Stein, I want to give a shout out to somebody who I don't think... His get getting enough credit for what he is about to put himself in. And that person, that player is Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. He's entering the dunk contest. And he's the only household name in this dunk contest. He's the only star in this dunk contest. I mean, Jacob Toppin, Jaime, the rookie in Miami, and Matt McClong. You know, spends most of the time in the G League. You know, most stars do not want to get put themselves in these competitions because it's they have a lot. They have there's more to lose than to, than to gain. But I have to credit Jalen Brown for putting himself in this situation. I don't know how he's going to do in the dunk contest because McClung is a is a real dunker, and I've seen some clips of uh, Obi Toppin's brother, Jacob, and he's a you know he's a dunker like his brother. So. Uh, and I see I think. I think Jaime won the um, high school dunk contest or something like that. I believe back in the day. So I, I don't know, but I got to give him credit for being a competitor, going out there and say, "I'm, I'm gonna leave it all out." So uh, I can't remember. Is the like. dunk contest on your menu of assignments? I'm doing some sidelines, yes. I'm, but I'm doing this. The, it's a simulcast that I'm doing, not the main um, broadcast. It's a simulcast for. Um, that's going to be, I believe, on TBS. Maybe
3: can Jalen Brown win the dunk contest?
4: Listen, man. I mean, McClung is a professional dunker. Like, that's what he is. We've seen what what he does. Like, you know, is he an NBA player? Nah, he's not really. No, um, but he's a dunker. He's a professional dunker. So I don't know. The odds is not. The odds are not in his favor. I will say that. That's what I say. I got to give him props because. Um, I I believe a lot more people are going to tune in just because of his star prowess is included. All
3: right. Well, look, we had a very tight window to get today's podcast recorded. I'm all over the place. The Wizards are in town. I went to Wizards shoot around. I got Wizards maps tonight. I know you will be hitting the road soon. Big week. Uh, We will have much more all-star talk to come Because again, both Chris and I will be in Indianapolis. We're still putting together exactly when and where and how the podcast we do from Indy will come together. But the signs are promising that we will be able to make something happen from the ground in the 317. Indianapolis is one of my favorite cities on the NBA map. I haven't been there in a long time. I'm really excited to go and let's do it all-star 2024 you were in salt lake city i was not so this is the first time in show history that we will be together on the ground at yes. all-star weekend yes
4: and i'm just glad to get these this cold weather uh these years of cold weather cities out the way let's get to la let's get to the golden state Thank i looked you.
3: at the weather forecast it ain't gonna be that cold don't be soft it's uh, okay. gonna be fine in All indianapolis right. it's gonna be fine 40s and 50s you can hack it just put on your new Travis Kelsey hoodie and your Travis Kelsey puffer jacket and (laughs) whatever 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 Chiefs gear you've been purchasing All right, everyone that will do it for this edition of this league uncut at least one more episode to come this week maybe two if the podcast gods smile upon us stay tuned we will be back again with you soon Stein and Haynes As ever, as always, via This League
2: Uncut. And that'll do it for us. See you next time. This League Uncut is an iHeartRadio production. Boom shakalaka! Chris Haynes and Mark Stein!